What's going on, Trophy Kids? We got a good one here for you today. We got the crew back. We're talking the craziness of college basketball, what we're looking forward to heading into March, breaking down the MLB lockout. Got some fun things to end the show with. It's a good one. Let's go. Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is March 3rd, and I am a broken man. I wanted to come on here and be very excited, but I'm dead. I, I don't... <sighs> Today broke me as my soul. Xavier is an absolute dumpster fire right now. Um, I want to be happy about this time of year, and uh, I just can't be. It's... I... <laughs> You're really broken. Um, light off. <laughs> Turn the light off. I mean, oh, we still got boy. the nice Outcast no. album up there, but the light is gone. Oh. Oh, Nate, it's bad. Today, it's so today. bad. It's so bad. Like, I was ready to come on here and be like, this is the best time of year. I can't wait. Let's break it all down. And instead, I'm just like, we went from a potential five, six seed in late January, early February-ish to probably not making the tournament. I don't know how we make it at this point in time. Um, no, wait. Hold on. Xavier is still 35 in the net, so... How? <clears throat> we are literally, what, eighth in the Big Ten right now? The Big East. Big, Big East. East. <laughs> um, you still have a bunch of quad one wins. That is true. We have the, the same thing with Michigan State, even though they we went suck. six out of seven. It's so bad, but still still up there with a bunch of quad one wins which are keeping you and keeping both teams in the tournament it's eerie how similar these teams are it's so <laughs> frustrating it's not eerie it's frustrating how yeah. similar the teams are when i'm rooting for both but nate today broke me so bad that i started reconsidering my travis Steele take and was like is it really the players like <sighs> these guys are so bad that i i don't know what to do anymore yeah the poor decision making from xavier uh, player sometimes I just don't understand it baffling the baffling baffling so the, the first like 10 possessions of the game I was watching them throw the ball into the post and then the guy that threw the ball into the post just take their man right to the guy that had the ball in the post so that he could double team him. I was like what are you doing how Dude, I don't even know what life is at this point like I I don't even know what it is like we've like not to harp on it too much, but like Xavier, I feel so bad for the senior class that's graduating this year. Like they came in, they committed to Xavier when we were one seed in the tournament. And now we are going to go, we have three years without making the tournament. We'll see what we get right now. We're, we're in, we maybe not, we'll see. Like I'm holding my breath for Saturday against Georgetown and somehow they don't end up getting their only win in the big East against us or some nonsense. But it's just been completely downhill. So bad. So bad. It's embarrassing. Like, if that game is even close, just burn it down. Fire the president. I don't care. Burn it all to the ground. (laughs) Just burn the program, everything down, get rid of everybody, start over. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. It's terrible. Um, It's. I, and it's the thing that's like, I go back and forth because I, I take the position, like I told when I had uh, Mike Randall on, if you haven't listened to that interview, went out on Monday, make sure to go back and listen. I'm like Sweden at this point. I was like, I'm backing off. I'm not going to get on the fire steel train, but I'm also not on the we got to keep them steel train. This game broke me. I was driving home like I'm all aboard. I, I've since cooled down a little bit, and I I think a regime change is needed. But to Tim's point, it is like, there is certainly a player issue. I think we way overhyped the players a little bit, but there is a steel issue. B- 
because we progressively start hot. We're like a swimmer, great off the blocks, and we just fade late in races. Like, we get off the blocks hot, and then as soon as February and March hit, we sink like a lead ship. I have one That's problem. coaching. I, I, I um, texted it to – no, I, I tweeted this. Uh, Fremantle has to get you more than 11 points, but he no. damn sure has to get you more than eight and nine points at a time. Dude, it is. It, if he's playing, he better get us 20 because he exactly. is such a liability on defense that it's not even worth it anymore. And then you got Scruggs. <clears throat> I don't know what to do with the guy. He he almost – so hear me out on this full point before you come at me too hard. He's almost like Russell Westbrook where he has all the athletic ability – but he has some of these mental lapses where it's just like, what are you doing? He just forgets that he's playing defense out there. He forgets that he's dribbling sometimes. Like he, he, he dribbles it off his foot and off of his legs more than I've ever seen a point guard do as a fifth year senior. He is at seven points. Scruggs is the perfect example of a guy who he's like the guy who doesn't know his own strength type of deal. Like he, Watching him, it feels, and I don't want to get too hard on the kids because they. Well, I mean, he is a grown up at this point. You know, he's. But, like, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say Scruggs, Hunter. Yeah, um, he's up there. But either way, he's a guy who just like doesn't know. Like he's so, it feels like in his head and so doubting his game that everything is indecisive from defensively to offensively. Every move he makes, it's like his body and his brain are f- having two separate fights. And he's just not playing. Because when he plays, and we've seen those games where he just lets it flow, and he's one of the best players on the court every time. But he just doesn't have that. And I think that's also the Kunkel thing, everything. Like, that is somewhat of a coaching thing. Like, the best coaches find a way to get guys out of slumps and get them out of their own heads. Like, there are teams, we see this throughout the country, that go through slumps, but the best coaches find a way to get their teams out of it. And Steele just hasn't been able to do that yet. He doesn't seem... He's a guy who gets it, who gets the team going real, real hot to the start, but for whatever reason, we don't adjust in season and we just fade away. And that could also be part of like we lost our strength and conditioning coach has been with the program forever. He got promoted to AD or assistant AD. You know that could have some effect. Steel certainly has an effect. The players aren't as good as we thought they were, but it just. I don't know. I'm at a loss. I'm broken. I'm gonna have to think about it more. But I am. This is. This is bad. Like, this is as bad as it gets. And there's no toughness. There's no edge. I said it this past week. Like, when you think of Xavier basketball, random fans, they we built a brand. We built a brand that we make the tournament. Granted, it was easier doing it in the A-10. But everybody in the nation knew when they saw Xavier on their bracket to pencil them in for a game, maybe two. And they were generally good for that most tournament times. And that somewhat came from an edge that Xavier had, that kind of fuck it mentality of like, we're just going to go out, and if you're going to beat us, it's going to be an absolute dogfight. Like, you're going to come out of that court just feeling tired and exhausted. It's sort of like what St. John's does. They're not as good and talented, but when I watch those St. John's games, both at home and away, that team's active in the passing lanes. Their hands are active. They're incredibly feisty. They have a high energy. Xavier just doesn't have that, and we've always had a guy most years that brought it, whether that was Mark Lyons or J.P. Mercura or... Um, Tyree Jones, or you go even further back, there were different guys on every team. They just, we just don't have that right now. We really don't. And it, it, they, they give you so much hope, and then they take it all away from you. 
and they haven't even been giving you hope that much anymore. They've been like they've been like hanging out for the past couple months now. Well, they do um, because they beat like, a team like been... UConn in a great fashion at home, and then they lose what six in a row, five in a row, yeah, five in a row. I don't, I don't even know <laughs> like, anymore. Unbelievable. Look, I, I watched the same thing in East in the East Lansing, uh, you know. So <laughs> I feel for you, Nate. It's it's frustrating watching, especially when you know you have the talent, and like you said, it's a it clearly is a coaching thing, which. Um, as much as I love Tom Izzo, it clearly is a coaching thing here at Michigan State. This this rotation for Izzo has to get fixed, and it seems like every time he gets as close as he can, he shakes it all up again, and then it doesn't make sense. I even was okay with running two guards if that's what we we're going to do, but then we won't commit to it, so then the guards can't get into a rhythm, and then you're taking them out. Or you're taking out your player who has who has made seven out of their last eight baskets. Why are you sitting him down? Like I don't. This it doesn't make sense. Or you you have a 14 point lead, and you let a team go on a 12 to run. What are you doing? It's funny that we're talking about this, but this is also just kind of when you like pull yourself out of the force and look at look at it all. It's like this is college sports. Like the dumb yeah. the <laughs> dumbness that goes yep. on in college sports. Like what we're describing is actually just the vast majority of college sports, whether it's football or basketball fandom. Because like there's only a handful of guys that get it right. But it's the same thing at Xavier too. Roster rotations. Like why is Edwards not playing more? That guy you talk about how he's the most physical player in practice. Every time he's out in the court, he looks like he's giving you good minutes. But Hunter's still getting minutes. Who is a liability every time he steps on the court? Like it's just like. But that is college basketball. That's college football. Like we could probably do this for like ninety five percent of the teams. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's a perfect was... segue to be like last week seven. All right, you know what? Yes, let's get this podcast re-back on track. I'm going to forget Xavier has a program because I don't know what my life is at this point because I don't have a college football team to support, so they're my only outlet. So we're going to pretend they don't exist. Goodbye, light, for those who are watching. And let's talk about college basketball as a whole. One of the best times of the year. When we think about it, it's like this last weekend, if that didn't get your blood raising, your adrenaline going, like, oh, we're about to hit tourney season. We got conference championship tourneys going. Then we got March Madness going. We get that fake out weekend. We had them in college where the weather gets super nice and everybody like either skips class or you do a little, a little day drinking on the porch because it's super nice. Everybody goes a little crazy because like you've been cooped up all winter. We get that fake out weather. Like that's the season we're in right now. It is perfect. One of my favorite times of the year. It gets me slightly out of the dark period as I refer to after the football is over. And we're rocking and rolling this week. First time ever college basketball, one through six go down. What do you guys make of this weekend? Like, I think it it continues to back the statement that this year's tournament, it there are not one or two teams versus the field like we get every year. It's not like no. you know Gonzaga versus the field. It is literally everybody is viable to win. Almost it feels like at least maybe one through fifteen feel like every single one of them I can make a chance or a case almost for to make a make a run here. There are teams that aren't ranked that you could make a case for to run the tournament. So I I think one thing I think two things are happening. One, I really think the writers are still using some like um team brand to rank some of these teams and um not realizing that yes this parity while we want to talk about it in college football it's actually here in college basketball Very and much so. 
Um, that I think the other thing that's happening though is um, there is no no team has been like super super consistent. I guess minus Gonzaga, right, in Arizona a little bit, but both of them lost. Um, there's no, like you said, no dominant team. There's no, there is no team that's going to go in and just run. There's no Baylor from, right. you know, uh, years past. There's no um, UCLA from way back in the day. No, this is, I, if you give me a chance as a smaller C, I am going to take it and I'm going to embarrass you on national TV. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think that this is the year that everybody can run the table. We saw it with all one through six teams going down. There's not a single dominant team. You can make a case for every team. I mean, I will argue, and we'll probably talk about it here with the Providence in a moment. It's sort of getting talked to death. But like these like lucky teams, Providence, Wisconsin, it's like, yeah, that is somewhat a basketball. Any team that's ever won a championship has some form of luck. That is somewhat what the tournament is. I think that card has been overplayed with those two teams, and they're really transforming into, no, these teams are just super good under pressure, great at the end of moments. They don't lose their composure like a lot of college basketball teams do. There is some luck there, but like, but that's the thing is there are so many teams like this that they can just start ripping it off come tournament time because they're built... There's a lot of teams that you could, every team, I look at every team, one through 15, Arkansas mm-hmm. up to one, where you can make the case, and even below that, to your point, but really. You can go all the way down to 20. Yeah. yeah I, say. 20. I could yeah, pick I apart 20 each one of those teams, and it, it would feel completely balanced. Yeah. Yeah, I say 20 specifically because Illinois is at 20, and I could see them getting hot. Um, and then even going up to Arkansas that you mentioned, that's another team I'm looking at to get hot. Um, and yeah, you don't really know what you're getting from these teams. I mean, we are seeing something for the first time in a while in college basketball where we're getting older. Um, you're getting people sticking around longer. You're getting the, the really old farce with the Brad Davidson that nobody likes. Um, that pendulum is swinging around a little bit. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting a little bit, uh, people sticking around a little longer and I think you'll see it even longer now too not longer than they are right now because of covid everybody's like got an extra year this time but i think you'll start seeing with Jaden ivy and um johnny davis with their two those two success in their sophomore year from their freshman year now it's like and maybe i maybe i can stick around collect some checks from my name image and likeness and um build a brand here before going to the nba before i'm really ready um because i can only get drafted my freshman year was kind of seemed like it was the the thought before so i I like where this is headed and i have no idea what to do for um for the tournament if we're trying to trying to pick this thing it's like oh hands in the air go for it Uh, you're you're probably better you you have better luck if you haven't watched any basketball this year than you do if you watched a lot because you're gonna have a lot of biases coming into this it's almost like last year like you hate the pac-12 because they're out uh on on the west coast and nobody ever watches them and then they ended up just oh it started to become if you just bet on the pac-12 and took a money line you were making a ton of money last year in the tournament so you don't really know where this thing is going yeah, there's a lot of dark horse picks out there for Purdue, but after watching them get out coached in yeah. East Lansing, um, Tom is if that's what Izzo did with that hand, that ragtag team he has, what does a coach do with better talent to Purdue? Yeah, but we've been seeing that for years now. Matt Painter's always gotten out coached. Yeah, he's games. gonna get out. That's that's, that's, and that's, that's what that's I'm saying. Like, is. yeah, don't right. pick <laughs> Purdue. Do not pick Purdue. I, dude, but I have a question for you guys. Since I don't, I mean, I watch 
uh, Big East basketball when it's on prime time. But um, I saw a lot of other dark horse picks, but it's not really a dark horse. Tell me why Nova is a bad pick. It's I, not. I, I don't know. Outside it, it of like they're, they're hitting their stride again. Okay. Go, well, uh, Gillespie's health. He's been getting banged up here a little bit later. Like he got banged up in the Xavier game. I think he got tuned up again in the UConn game. Like if Gillespie is having health issues, that's about the only thing. But from what I can tell, he's still playing. So that would be the only concern is like, wait to see what happens as he gets through the big East tournament. But I talked about this with, with uh, Mike Randall, like Villanova, I don't see a reason why they aren't kind of, Providence as well. Providence and Villanova yeah. really should, I think, make a put. Like they are the best chance for the Big East to make a push this year again and have some teams go deep. I love Villanova. I don't. To Tim's point, I don't see why you would people would be looking to fade them. As John Rothstein says, they're a Fortune 500. They're run like a Fortune 500 company. Like they're hitting their stride right on time. They get hot right when it matters. Jay Wright coaches his best basketball at this time of year. His players are super experienced. Like it's not like they don't have that standout talent that they have in previous years, but the team as a collective is extremely good. Yeah. I think I like Auburn. If I like was to pick today, I like Auburn. Um they saw something that something that you can't put on the thing. I like their quote unquote toughness. But the one the one thing about Auburn is if they get down ten or fifteen points, sometimes they begin to fade. And we saw that um not that last game but the because they lost but another game and they came back but they they came back because of their talent not because they wanted to come back if that makes sense they, they just have more talent than the other team <laughs> so it, it's interesting but yeah i think i like auburn yeah the, the, the reason with auburn I, I do have some uh reservations with them just because like their 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 guards sometimes just shoot them out of games. Like they they just don't get the ball down to J- uh, Jabari Smith or Kessler, and sometimes they just won't do it, and they'll just start hoisting up threes when they could just run an offense, and it it it, it scares me a little bit. And they've been they've been on the verge of losing, and yes. then they lost, but they've been they've been like playing tight games for a while now. So they scare me a little bit. The one I really like is Kentucky. I, I love, I Kentucky. love the way Everybody Kentucky's playing. Kentucky. Especially given the fact so, the way they're playing so with maybe injuries. maybe I'm going to flip now because <laughs> – maybe I'm going to flip now because I think everybody's saying that they love Kentucky. Yeah, but like, I love Kentucky. I really like the way Kentucky's playing. People really like Kentucky. Yeah. I think it, it comes all down to matchups. The Auburn thing, the perfect example, and you guys can correct me wrong if you, if you think this differs, but like – you know, they're thinking people were like, oh, their pace isn't as quick as years before. But now it's at this point, it has become the fastest pace they played at since 2018. It's a matchup game. You know, if they play a team that can be physical, kind of knock them off that path, slow the game down, you know, does Auburn have the ability to stay in that type of fight in that type of game? I don't know. We've seen that every tournament. So it, I think it all it all comes down once again. Kentucky's not the same way, but like same thing with like Arkansas and stuff like they're playing a little bit less of a, a fast pace this season, but like those types of teams, we see it every tournament feels like where they, if they just get a bad matchup with a super physical team, a team that rebounds really well, a team that doesn't give a lot of second chances, a team that can slow the game down and muck it up. That kind of gets these guys off route. Yeah. And Kentucky kills you with the mid range jumpers. Too, yeah. Right. So, and, that, and they're still, so, <laughs> or sorry, go so ahead, hard. Me off. If you, if you're, especially with a game where you're used to either, them dumping it down low or hitting the three and nope, you know, we'll, we'll pull up mid range and keep, you know, drop six on you real quick. 
And the crazy thing is they've been doing this with Ty Washington and Wheeler banged up and injured. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to get those guys back, mm-hmm. most likely from Ty-ty. everything that's re- reporting in time. Like, what they've been doing is without those two guys. So, <laughs> I, I I love Kentucky this year. And, and to the Villanova point, I, Tim, I, you can correct me if you think this is wrong, too. Like, I think Villanova, the thing that is going to scare people away is they don't they don't have like that that insane talent that you see every the last couple of years from them like that standout guy but it as a team collective they play the game extremely well and efficient um as a unit yeah no i definitely agree with that they don't have the standout guy they don't have um the the one guy that they usually have um, that's better than everybody, and that everybody kind of fits around that one guy. They they don't have that this year. Everybody's kind of like, the same. Everybody's equal. Like they're fifth in, or they're seventh in efficiency in the country, offensive efficiency. Like they just play as a cohesive unit really well. So I would say to people like, you know, I think they have a shot to go deep. It'll it'll come down to the matchup and how their bracket shapes out. But I would not get, I would not listen too much to the critics on that because I think that is what they're weighing there as opposed to looking to how well they're playing the game of basketball as a collective unit right now. Um, can we talk about the Wisconsin Providence luck kind of, I'm going to call it nonsense at this point. Like, is there a degree of luck? Yes. But can we yeah. stop calling these teams frauds and like lucky, you know how you can't win 23 games, 25 or 24 and 23 games win conference championships all on luck. These are incredibly skilled teams that at the end of game, sure, they've had some things go their way for sure. But to me, I look at it and I read it and I think it's the right way to look at it, that these are two well-coached teams, extremely well-coached teams, that when they get down or when they get into kind of the crunch time of games, they do not fade under the pressure. They are cool, calm, collective. They always know they're in the fight. That is an edge that you you can look across. You look at the Xavier team, look at other teams across the nation when they get into tough games. You don't have that necessarily faith in them. Can we agree to that at this point? Like they've got some cold, like Bynum on Providence is a stone cold killer behind the arc when it matters. Like these teams have got guys that can just ball when it matters. Like stop it. Like let them enjoy their, their run. This is not all luck. No, oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that, especially with Providence. Um, that they're they're kind of creating their own luck. They're 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 keep staying around at the end of the games, um, and able to keep themselves in it, and then be able to to close out games. And then with the Wisconsin, um, they just end up with the best player on the floor every night. I mean, they have Johnny Davis. So when it, when it comes to being lucky, sure, you're lucky to have one of the best players in college basketball on your team, right? Um, Big Ten Player of the Year, I think. So I, I don't see how he's not. Um, I agree. But it's it's just I don't think that they're necessarily lucky. Plus they're old. I mean Wisconsin, yep. staying on Wisconsin, they're old. They're seasoned. They've been through this before. They've been through this plenty of times. So I don't I don't necessarily agree with oh they're just too lucky. I do think it might catch up with Providence just because I, I struggle with them to to see where they're going to really separate themselves in the tournament. And if their shots aren't falling, you, I mean, luck only gets you so far, too. But uh, as happens. far as the tournament, I mean, who knows? We've I've already said who knows at this point. Like, they just had a great season. That's It just is what it is. Yeah. They've had a great season. They won a conference championship. That's incredibly hard to do in a conference like the Big East, especially when you're projected to finish seventh, I believe, pre-conference uh, or preseason. Um, 
like let these teams celebrate. Like we've seen teams rip it off in tournament times that were maybe not the best, but they just got hot at the right moment, which is a credit to them. That's not to take anything away from them. But I think this card has just been overplayed. At what point, like what level of success do teams like Providence and Wisconsin have to have before we stop calling them frauds and lucky? Like, what is the benchmark? Because it's the easiest thing in the world. You know, they lose the second weekend of the tournament. People will be like, well, oh, I told you so. Like, at what point do we draw the line? Like, no, you were just wrong. They were a really good team, but this is what happens. Like, only one team out of, what, 68 can win? Like, how, what do they have to do? What is the level of success? What is that benchmark bef- when we can start to say, yeah, no, it's not just luck. They're a good fucking basketball team. I mean, I guess win the, the win their conference tournament, but even then, I don't. I, I had two things I I want to address. One is the the they didn't make it out the second week. Like that's so rare for teams to do. Um, anyway, it's hard to you know make it to the next yeah. round. So, um, that's a. I mean, look at all the teams that don't make it. Look how many teams are who are going to make it this year, right? solidly make it this year who haven't been in a tournament for four or five years right right so even that in itself is an accomplishment the other thing too is i mean luck is part of the game i'm sorry it's bad it's a it's a it's a game so sometimes shots are going to go in that's not supposed to go in sometimes you're going to get a buzzer beater it sucks because it all as a fan it feels like it's always happening to you Right, it's always happening to your. As a Xavier fan, I I can (laughs) wholeheartedly agree. There has been luck on Wisconsin's part, um, and there's been some bullshit officiating. We have not been the same since JP Mercura got called for a clean block as his fifth foul in that Florida State game. It has been downhill since there. I will throw up the picture here. But it's all just a fallacy, and it's a game, so it's gonna happen. I don't think. I mean, as much as I don't like Wisconsin as a Big Ten, uh, as a Michigan State fan, it's a good team. It's a well-coached team, and that's it at the end of the day. As much as I don't like Brad Davidson, he makes unbelievable shots, and he gets some questionable calls, and that's just what you got to live with. You know that when he comes, when you're playing him. Correct. Right? I mean, that's what we got. Last night in Purdue, Wisconsin, incredible game, down to the minute, just making insane shots. Like that one, the bank three hit where he thought he was so far off, you could see him following his shot immediately with like a full full sprint. And it was like, nope, just banked it in. <laughs> yeah. It sucks for Purdue because you just lost two mm-hmm. heartbreaking mm-hmm. games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So what do you think that level, like we think they've achieved that level of success where we got to, like I've seen articles still being written that these guys are frauds, it's lucky, like conference champions, regular season conference championships don't necessarily matter or whatever. Like at what point? That's wrong. What, That's I wrong. agree. That, that, I agree. That is wrong. I'm, I'm agreeing wrong. with that. But like yeah. at what point, I'm posing the question to you all, at what point do we say like, no, th- these teams aren't frauds. This isn't luck. These are good basketball teams. Like, What level of success do you have to have where that narrative can just be thrown out? Because the easiest thing ever, if these teams win their first game, like outside of losing the opening round, like at what level? Because it's going to be the easiest thing in the world. They lose the second game of the tournament. You're like, oh, of course they did. This was a lucky. Like, it's just an easy cop out. So at what level can we just be like, no, you're just wrong? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, Providence, maybe. I really don't understand the argument again. I, I mean, don't get Wisconsin at all. Wisconsin has had, what, like two or three close games their last couple games. But other than that, they haven't really – they they played like they're the number 10 team in the country. Correct. Right? Hell, at moments they played even like they're 
a team that could Better potentially that. make a yeah. Final Four. I'm not saying they are. I yeah. don't think they will. But like, there are moments when you look at that, when you're watching them, and you're going, huh, that kind of looks like a Final Four team. Now, that is not consistency, yeah. but like... I will say this. When Wisconsin plays a, a very physical team, so like when they play OSU, they did get housed. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, but I mean, that just goes back to the conversation we were having in the beginning. There is no like super dominant team, especially not in the big 10. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. So, Correct. um, I don't know. I don't understand the Wisconsin and Providence. I just don't, I don't, I always see the wild games with Providence. So I don't want to sit here and be like, I have enough tape on them to say what exactly is happening. I know it's entertaining. I know I'm going to get good basket or crazy basketball when I watch them. Yep. You know, good guard play. Would you but, watch that? Mm-hmm. Like, if you watch yeah, that that's... Xavier three time overtime game, like every time they had an opportunity to hit a shot, they hit the shot. Like, yeah, some yeah. of it they got a lucky roll here and there, but a lot of it was just nailing. Uh, when they had the opportunity, they stepped up. Like I said, Bynum is an assassin in late game situations from behind the arc. Um, Watson is a very non traditional center that is killing it out there. Like, this mm-hmm. team, like, don't get me wrong, there is certainly a luck factor to that, but you don't win 24 games off luck alone. There's a very good football or football basketball team there that you're being blinded to, and a lot of people are losing a lot of money betting against them mm-hmm. because we're buying into this luck narrative. <laughs> like, they're against the spread numbers are yeah. quite nice. So, yeah. <laughs> might be time to change the strategy. I mean, it's a little too late now, but this is the narrative that unfortunately is running the media. Yeah. That's the thing. I I think that stats have, have an interesting place in college basketball because they've made arguing a little bit more boring. Um, Like you can just rely on the Ken Palm stats like, Oh, but they're not that good. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're 24 and four. So they are kind of good. There's only so many times that you can say they're not that good when they're 24 and four. Um, and it's not like in a playing, major conference, they're not playing in the A10 right, right. <laughs> or the this, WCC the factor. It's, yeah. not, it's not like they're throwing the ball up off the ceiling and it's going in the hoop. Like, like yeah. they're making shots out there at the end of games. They're, they're around at the end of games. Um, and it's not, it's not like, it's not like you're, watching somebody play golf and they're hitting the, uh, the ball off the tree and it's bouncing back into the fairway. Like they're, <laughs> they're making shots. Um, so uh, the, the luck factor kind of, for me just goes out the window. Just, just the, this, that's the thing with college basketball. You just got to enjoy the regular season. Like the regular season's fun. March is its own thing to me. March, like March madness is its own thing. It's a whole new set of rules and it's a whole new set of matchups. Like everything goes out the window. It's like, have fun in your conference season. Yes. It still matters. It will always matter to me. I uh, will say in Kim Palm, Providence is the they're second. They're like 40. <laughs> right? Well, no, but look, uh, Luck, right, yeah, yeah, they're like one yeah. or two. Yeah, yeah I know. Two. How do you come up with adjusted luck factor? Like, what is that? I know that that's a stat in Ken Palm that they're that they're the top in, and then you you look at their rankings and they're like forty in Ken Palm, but like they're number nine in the country, and they're only number nine in the country, I would say, because of the Ken Palm rating. Like they're they're twenty four and four in the Big East. This is why I like uh, Haslam metrics. You know, there ain't no luck factored into that one. It's just pure, <laughs> unadulterated good, good metrics to look at, and then you use your own eyeballs to justify it. Like that's what the best people do when we're breaking down. And if you're listening just to the stats, woof, you've lost a lot of money betting against Providence. I'll tell you that right now. So how are those going for you? Um, mm-hmm. 
Can we also give the SEC their their due? Like, this is a conference. I don't know about you all, but it feels like they snuck way up on me. Like, this is a serious knock them down basketball league at this point in time. Like, they have they they're fully here and ready to rock and roll. Oh yeah, Nate. They snuck up on you because you were busy watching football. Um, they've been around all year. Correct. A lot of fun to watch. <laughs> well, I know that this year, but I'm talking about <laughs> accumulative over the last couple of years. Like they've had a couple teams. I know that, but like it feels like as a whole, the conference is incredibly healthy, top to bottom. I forget. I, I think it was Bruce Pearl that was saying this on a show that I was listening to. I think it was a Bench Mob or one of the, the one of the Barstool ones that I was listening to that they had Bruce Pearl on. Um, could have been something else too. I don't remember, but he was saying that what well, maybe it was even Nate Oates. Um, but they were saying that um, really nailing this. When Kentucky, I know I'm, I'm really nailing <laughs> really this, nailing this quote listen. already. <laughs> yeah, go listen to that uh interview yeah, on that, whatever yeah. podcast. <laughs> it might have been Bruce Pearl, but been Nate Oates. Could have been a ghost. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just making this up. Yeah, right now. <laughs> I am just making where I heard it up as I go. But um, what they said was that that when Kentucky's not good. People don't look at the SEC. So, like, Kentucky hasn't been good for the past couple of years. So, people stopped really watching the SEC. And all these other teams have kind of snuck up on you, like Auburn, Alabama, who was having a down year this year, but has been good um, last year. And then this year, their shots just aren't falling. Um, Tennessee, I mean, they're they're okay. And the SEC is just a good basketball conference now. Yeah. I mean, they got teams left and right that i think it's the most teams they're gonna have with the highest yeah how can you forget about arkansas yeah yeah arkansas (laughs) alabama auburn they have the the guard play that you need even lsu yeah Mm -hmm. i mean this is a this is a conference the bags have finally paid off down there That it is. That it has. Yeah. I mean, this is the best time. This is one of the best time of year. I'm not gonna say it's the best. It's not my best time, but it's up there. It's one of the best times of year. I mean, undoubtedly. I don't know where you all fall on this, but I would say this first I, weekend of football. Maybe that first kind of early spring <laughs> or late spring, early summertime. Best times of year. These late, are the what's, takes. what's late spring, early summer? Like Mayish. End of May. Yeah. Are we talking May. sports wise? No, I'm just talking about like times of oh, life. Oh, general feeling. Just, just, just times of time life. Of year. Yeah, yeah. Just whatever. Whatever. <laughs> just uh, great times. I can tell you what I times. Like my, my one A my one and and one A is like college basketball, March Madness going on with the weekend of the Masters, and then mm, the opening one. weekend of college football. Those two are the top college ones. the opening of football season is you know. And the opening of college football is only getting better. Oh, dude, I know. It's going to be so nice we, we won't even have an, an opening for uh, baseball. No. <laughs> what is that? Great transition <laughs> of that nonsense. Uh, wait, before we transition, uh, I can tell you what I'm glad I'm not, Nate. And as much as we're suffering as Xavier fans and, and MSU fans, if you are an Indiana fan, oh. you are hoping for a miracle to make this tournament. What do you do with your life if you're an Indiana fan? I don't know. You shouldn't fan. be an Indiana fan. It's, what you it's all, it's all like. basketball there, too. Like yeah. They're the state of basketball. What are they doing? What do you do? Like, I feel like be Bama being close. bad at football for this long. Like, what would people in Alabama do? I, I, I don't, what do you do, Indiana? What is going on? <laughs> 
you while you were talking about firing the deans and presidents at uh, Xavier, you might seriously have to think about that at Indiana. We might need to <laughs> uh, reevaluate there. I agree. Um, need to start letting. It feels sages. like they haven't been good since Bob Knight. You might need to look into getting an exorcism done because something funky is going on at your university. Yeah. There's a curse or some evil spirits going on. To be this bad at a top tier program like that for this long. Yeah, it's not even like you don't have the talent. You yeah. Have the talent. They just lost Indiana. to Rutgers. I missed yeah. that one. Yeah. Yes, they oh did. This God. is why I'm saying, like, Indiana is the, like, when you look at all the bubble watches, when you get down to the end, like, the last <laughs> bubble watch teams, Indiana is right there. I stopped paying attention to them because I remember that I, 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 I'm doing it again. Um, but I think it was the Illinois game where I was like, this is a must win. I'm going to bet on them. I'm going to bet on them to, to win money line because they were. Um, there were some. Oh, they they just beat Purdue and then they lost to Michigan. And then I figured, oh, the, it's Penn State, Maryland. And I was like, oh, they're gonna really turn it on at home against Illinois. Like they got this one. And I was like, ah, oh, they because they, they have to, right? They have yeah. to. They have to make it. They have to turn it around. They're they're a decent team. No sir. Turns out they're not. Turns no, out sir. they're just all bad at. No, sir. But yeah, let's transition to some nonsense, Nate. Absolute nonsense. The MLB, do they understand that not enough people care for them to have this kind of fuckery go on in their sport? Like, to have this type of just, like, it was, I think it was uh, Pars- Jeff Parsons who said this. He was like... Jeff Parsons? Pa- whatever. Um, sure. You know how Nate is with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, right. we I all know. Like I wanted to get right. it close because I couldn't. Yeah. I, I wanted to make sure I was able to tie it into the he, right person. He tweeted this perfectly. He's like, if you removed all the MLB players and replaced them with the next guys up, the 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 product would significantly drop off. But if you replaced all what thirty two owners and replaced them with the next thirty two best business people, honestly, the sport might improve. Like, might. You, Probably no, it, would. It I was. Qu- I, it's what he said. Paraphrase what he said. But that pretty much paints the picture here. Like the owners have lost their minds. I don't even understand really what's going on because it's baseball and I don't really care. But this is a sport that just like it's the same thing with like COVID. They could have been the first sport back and really maximized their audience in perceptive, but they were behind the ball in that. Do they understand if they don't start? Like we have other things that we can watch and do. Like there are eyeballs that probably won't come back. They didn't come back after the last labor strike, for sure. We saw the the product has taken a hit since then. I'm not saying it's going to be completely off the map, but, like, baseball's in real trouble. It has been forever, but, like, this is arguably the worst-run sport in the world. Yeah, um, I haven't really... Soccer. <sighs> yeah, but, see, they've had a come-up recently. Just... I don't know, can we... Well, I guess you can We're, thank FIFA for... Or, you're, like, you're only the talking game. MLS, right? I, was oh, talking... I wasn't even talking MLS. I was talking FIFA. FIFA, oh. you're right. FIFA's well, a disaster, yeah. but soccer FIFA, abroad, FIFA's like the same. Yeah. FIFA's wrapped in with like the Olympics, though, is one of the yeah. most corrupt, yeah. dumb. Another Winter Olympics. The people run things like the the, the the Winter Olympics was ridiculous, real quick, because they, you can't tweet about it. it the the I never take like twenty seconds. How, how, if you can't retweet a clip, clip, like why am I gonna watch? It? I didn't know anything was on. Did that and quickly had to. Uh, you know, do a, a 180 on their position on that, not being able to tweet <laughs> clips. That was so stupid. The MLB still doesn't allow you to do Correct. that. MLB still yeah. doesn't do that. Yeah. Yet. Like, I feel like the, the people who run FIFA, the Olympic or Winter Olympics in MLB get together for a conference yearly and are just like, what are our worst ideas? Like, let's just roll with it. <laughs> so 
I was listening to a podcast. I won't say the name of the podcast because I don't want to ramble like uh, Tim did. No free ads. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about this. And um, two things that they pointed out: one, that um, revenues for owners went up last year. Yeah, which uh, is a big part of the reasons why owners are like, we're not negotiating anything. But the other thing is that. Um, so players are trying to get this uh, minimum in because uh, salary, while revenue went up, salaries, even for top players, all went, you know, on average went down last year. And then they were saying this crazy stat, which I don't know, um, that at 27 is like your prime for baseball, but you aren't yeah. allowed to be a free agent at that time. So then teams get the – that's where it gets too much for me. I don't know. I'm not even going to try to explain <laughs> what that means. Yeah, it's a weird yeah. one. You're right. I don't know the exact numbers, but you are right. It is that is like the big argument is like when you hit the prime in baseball because it takes so long to grind it out through triple A or single A, double A, triple A ball for mo- the vast majority of players. There are obviously the players that we see like the Bryce Harpers of the world, the Mike Trouts who who come up really quick. But for the vast majority, of the the bulk of the players, yeah, they they get into the league late, <clears throat> and then the contract structures are all kind of disasters, and um, that ends up being a huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. They were also talking about like those bloated contract for which I feel like you see it more in baseball than you do in uh, uh, other sports. But I'm sure you see it in other sports, too, where like you pay those star players and then their production never, ever, ever comes back. And that that's the thing that that's crazy. Those those contracts in baseball are like lifetime achievement awards. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're only going to a select few that have performed so well and have been so underpaid for so long. And then they're finally getting their payday. Like that it's basically like back pay for the past five years of what you've done. And then they spread that out over the next 10 years. Um, while still paying them at their peak. So it, it, baseball is crazy because they, they do that. And then the the reason that they don't have a salary cap is because the owners don't want to, to let the players know how much money they're really making. So it's like the, the owners don't like baseball. Correct. And Scott Boris, to your point that was just brought up there, he that, he that's what he said a couple of years ago when he negotiates contracts because of the way it's currently structured. He's like, you're paying for services already rendered, essentially, when they're mm-hmm. backloading these contracts. Like, you're paying for the production you already got, and that's why the, the contracts are so backloaded. Is You're not paying for what they're going to be, which is so counterintuitive to how do you run a, like a business. But, like, they're basically paying you for what you did in the past in the future. I mean, we have <laughs> to remember that the Mets got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. So, you know, can't forget that. And Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid. (laughs) Two best things in the world, being him or being a uh, fired college football or basketball coach. Because what, Chris Mack, I think, is getting 100K a month for the next three years or something. Like, (laughs) two best jobs in the world right there. Bobby Bonilla, is he done this this year? Wait until you start looking at the college football payouts. Oh, I know. College football coaches payouts. Those are disgusting. That's why I said. College, college football and college basketball. Great yeah, job. College basketball isn't even that. 2035. Yeah, I think I'd rather be Bobby Bonilla. 2030. Mm-hmm. I'll oh, take yeah. that. Yeah, I'll take God. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but yeah, it's a joke. I mean, the sport's dying. The, the owners are, are just... The sport of baseball is losing its grip on the number four sport in the world, or number four major sport. It has been for a while. It's continuing to go down. And they're not making the simple fixes that would fix a sport that is enjoyable to go to. I'm not going to lie. I get tuned up for it for the playoffs and things like that, but they're walking hand in hand into the abyss. 
That's all it is. Like baseball is a dying sport. Yeah. Oh no, go ahead, Tim. I was just gonna say they really are. Like I, I mean, it's also kind of a product of how the Tigers have been playing here in Detroit. But like I haven't been to a game in two years, two or three years. I don't even remember the last time I went to one. This is something that, like, most people don't know about me, but I, so, I hate watching baseball on TV, but I love watching it in person. Like, I really love, and I refuse, like, we went to a White Sox game here, um, last, was it last year, to watch the White Sox play the Tiger, and, like, I desperately wanted to be a White Sox fan for a little while because it looks so fun. It, it, <laughs> it is. It is. A, it is an in-person sport for sure. It's so much better in person. I think. Like, I think you'd be surprised how many people agree with you on that point, Dante. Like, everybody would. Uh, a lot of people I know is like, yeah, I don't ever watch it, but when I go to the game, goddamn, do it. Is it awesome? Like, it is. It's a sport that translates so much better in person. And baseball does a terrible job of marketing their sport and marketing their assets and players. Like, if you went around the country and showed pictures of Mike Trout, arguably the best baseball player of this generation, up there as a top five play, player of all time, maybe, nobody would recognize him. Nobody knows who the hell he is. Like, the dude's been absolutely crushing. Even the fact that I'm saying it now, people are probably like, the fuck he is? And then you look up his stature, like, oh, actually, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> that dude's been absolute dominant, and nobody knows about it. Like, nobody outside of baseball heads knows. On, on top of Mike Trout, we've been telling this Mike Trout thing for a while that he hasn't get, been getting his name out there or uh, his uh, image out there or anything like that. But, like, when was the last time you've seen something crazy about, like, Bryce Harper either? Like, yeah, he, he almost disappeared off the face of the earth. Didn't he? he he's at the Phillies, right? Yes. Yes. So when he went from the Nationals to the Phillies, like, it seems like he almost disappeared too. Like, they just do a terrible job of keeping the players terrible. in, in the think- media. I think about your Detroit team when you had that um, like starting or the six pitchers uh, with um, <laughs> that might have been the greatest I pitching rotation me. the history of baseball has ever seen. And nobody knew. Max Scherzer, Rick Porcello, Justin, Justin Erlander, Erlander um, Kenny Rogers. Um, What's his face? Um, Oh, I can't Doug Fister, um, <laughs> the guy that uh, did, did. great times. I want to say Shield, but that's not right. Mm. Yeah, so like this is this is uh, <laughs> this is the sport of of baseball essentially, and they do a horrible job Miguel of it. Cabrera. Not surprised. <laughs> yeah, and move around at that point too. Um, oh, can we talk about another thing that's dying? Sure. Mm-hmm. Attendance at college football games. Is really? It? Yeah. There was a big article in, I'm going to say the athletic, but I don't know if it was the athletic. But the athletic, college, I definitely didn't read it. Attendance at college football games has been steadily on a decline huh. um, since, I, um, since really? 2018. 2019? Yes, yeah, since 2019. It has been steadily on, on the decline. As someone who attends a handful of college football games in a year, I can tell you why. Uh, one, tickets are way too expensive. Way too expensive. For a casual fan. If That's you're somebody fair. who buys season tickets, right, it becomes more economical. But if you're a casual fan and you just want to go see your team play... Look, I went to go see MSU play Northwestern. And that little high school stadium, and it still was an arm and a leg <laughs> to go watch that. Yes. Yeah. Because MSU um, tickets are not that expensive. 
They're not, but they you might be the rare majority. <laughs> um, the other, the other thing too. Um, that was pre Tucker, though, really. And I, I know Nate, you're not gonna want to hear me say right. this. Uh, games are too long. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, they're not yeah, long enough. <laughs> they are way too. Oh, long. They're not long enough. <laughs> they're so long, especially if you have to. Most college towns, right, are not your city center, right? They're usually two, three, an hour and a half away from. And you're talking about I'm gonna start a game at noon, and it may be dark when I get home. That's this is why I love long. it. Go tailgating. <laughs> when you get home, <sighs> when you leave the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you leave the stadium. You're just talking, that's more to my point. My God. And then lastly, uh, for me at least, like for if you're taking your kids, right, which a lot of people do take their kids, the schedules don't come out for some of those marquee games until like the time until the week before, maybe two weeks if you're lucky. How can you plan around that? It's gotta be dedicated to the game. Football is gotta, life. Right. Football is life. <laughs> For my uh, Ted Lasso, it was Sports Illustrated. Sorry, uh, yeah. wow. it was since 2018. I think the last 18? time I got a okay. Sports yeah, Illustrated was like I was Sports say, Illustrated. 20, 18. It was 2019. If it's since 2019, then you just had COVID, and then you had another year where stadiums were some were still on restrictions and some still weren't do, going. Do but. we think Sports Illustrated still does magazines that they send out? Does anybody are magazines still a thing? Period? Uh, that's what I'm asking. I used to get Sports Illustrated like the kids, and then with the Cards. I got a I ton think, of them under my coffee table right now, and then I got I Sports Illustrated. When I got to produce magazines. <laughs> illegal. <laughs> I'm making a joke. Joke, Tim. <laughs> Tim's illegal. firing all cylinders. It's ten thirty. <laughs> We're firing all cylinders here, folks. But yeah, dude, I used to love getting Sports Illustrated, but uh, I, like, are those still a thing? Uh, magazines. Yes, you could get a print. You can, for right now, Nate. You can get twelve editions of the digital and print for seven ninety nine a month. <laughs> There you go, That's folks. Not That's not bad at all. I used to love Sports Illustrated when that thing would come in the mail every month. It was great. If you if you act right now, you can get it for five dollars. Ooh, <laughs> get nice. them while they're hot, people. Sports get them while they're hot. Sports <laughs> Illustrated. We're doing more marketing for Sports Illustrated than they've done in years for their print. I think the last time I saw Sports Illustrated was at the barbershop, and it was on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, careful, we might get our uh, we might get our first advertiser. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sports Illustrated, you, you hear this? Yeah. You read Sports we're Illustrated not, on not, the floor in the barbershop? Yeah. <laughs> I still got some of those uh, Sports Illustrated kids uh, like trading cards Wait. in the. The little pouches under my I table. I remember what a Mia Ham one went for one time. I think just recently, yeah. and I was oh. like, "Oh, I remember having that card, dude." Let when that back. when I saw that, I literally went through my cards. Like, what do I got here? <laughs> should do that one day. I should come bringing those in and just show the car- random card. I have some random cards in in that uh that book. Oh, I kept them all. I kept yeah. them all. Like all Sports Illustrated for kids. There weren't any of them that I was throwing away. <laughs> And this was not a I thing. I don't remember those I cards, but I don't remember. I, I didn't have Sports Illustrated. It was Sports know. Illustrated for kids. Kids, yeah. yeah. Sports Illustrated for kids, and then Sports yeah. Illustrated. And then I graduated to Sports Illustrated. It's great times. Great times. Oh, to be <laughs> a remember, kid. <laughs> I remember telling my mom that I wanted to graduate from Sports Illustrated to Sports Illustrated for kids to Sports Illustrated. And I said, but hold that because I want the ESPN Plus. And then I never got ESPN Plus. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> well, all right. This is I gone. Had, <laughs> oh, go ahead. What did I have? I think my dad got a – I had Wired when I was oh, in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And then I, I think for, you know, randomly, when you go to like uh, job fairs in college and for whatever reason, there's always someone there's uh, selling something. <laughs> I randomly had GQ for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't figure out how to cancel it. I could not figure. I tried. I swear to him that I did cancel it, and they still kept sending. It. <laughs> Dude, I had that with serious. I thought I canceled my serious radio, and I kept getting billed for months later. I was like, "What the hell?" And I'd log into my account; it wasn't there. Little did I know, I set up a second account with a different email, like years ago. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I will say the GQ one though was. I'm glad I got it because I have that collar Colin Kaepernick issue still in a mm. plastic bag, so. It's- I got that. But other than that, Keep I Keep that in I mint barely, condition. Yeah, I barely read it. <laughs> Who knows what that that could be worth that could be worth a pretty penny in uh the years to come. Yeah. But all right, nice. Anything else before we wrap this up as we talk about our magazine subscriptions? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> why you come to trophy kids. <laughs> so weird to end on that magazine <laughs> subscriptions. Well, we'll be back for tournament time. Giving out some bets. Well, I'll have some bets next week. That I can promise you that. Tournament yeah, time comes. Too. I'm going to spend this weekend. Well, not sure. I'm going to the Blue Jays. Or Blue Jays. <laughs> Blue, Blue Jackets. Jays. Bruins game in uh, Columbus. Man, but so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. It's a completely different sport. Different city. Couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> different country. Different country, yeah. <laughs> we're, like I said, we're, falling, we're firing all cylinders here. But outside of that... I'm going to be doing some prep. Friday night, got get the apartment to myself. Just going to be working away at the computer, making sure we're ready to bring you some tournament time stuff. Anything before we uh, wrap this up, though? No, I'm excited. to Let's talk about these conference tournaments next time. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. All righty. As always, peace. Right, peace. 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 <laughs>